My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Bob and Zip. Okay, folks. Uh, here we are. It's Friday. We're actually recording the show on Friday, a little yeah. late today because of scheduling. Uh, well, we used to call it herding cats. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It's very akin to that. Two or three cats, we can herd them into a corner. <laughs> and, you know, they're likely to be there. But when it's seven or so cats, uh, yeah. they, it's it's tough. So uh, Bob, Zip, and Ed to start the show today. And then uh, about a half, uh, 20 minutes, 30 minutes in, my son, Andrew Rivers, comedian, on the road. I believe he's in Oklahoma uh, because they're very lax. They don't herd cats in Oklahoma, Bob, no. just so you know. There's no. a, a friend of mine, Dr. Katz, he lives there. I heard he's well. Oh, no kidding. Yes. All right, that's good. How are you doing, Mr. Fauci, Dr. Oh, Fauci? busier than a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest. Awesome. Well, your, your, uh, your news the other day that the vaccinations should reach every American by July yes. Yes. was extremely wonderful. Welcome news. Well, at that point, it will be herd immunity, we're hoping. Yes. Now, is there any chance mm -hmm. that we'll have herd immunity sooner because so many people have had the virus that have never been tested for it? Because we didn't, you remember, we didn't do testing really good until this fall. No, hang on. I got to test my mic. Testing, testing. <laughs> yeah. COVID testing. 10, 9, 8. There. Right. Um, what was uh. the question again, Bob? I'm in my 80s. Never mind. You're in your 80s, but boy, are you yes. still uh, you still viable. Lucid. Yes. Uh, that's Dr. Fauci, ladies and gentlemen. Always. Thank, thank yes, you. Yes. Thank you. Always taking time out of saving the world uh, to come on and make a dick joke with us. It's much <laughs> <laughs> Very appreciated. Yeah, Saving shows the his, world one dick joke at a time. Yeah, it shows his human side. Yes. All right. So uh, a couple of things. Um, last night, um, I was on a conference call because the radio station that I worked at in the on the West Coast. KISW. KISW turns 50 years old today as a rock wow. station. Congratulations, KISW. Yes. Yeah. And the radio station that Zip and I worked at on the East Coast, which was a sister station owned right. by the same company, Entercom, mm -hmm. turned 50 earlier this year, but it was a post-mortem 50. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope it's not well, a life support thing. Well, they were, they were planning their 50-year concert, and then oh, in January, Ugly. they got sold to the, to the Jesus uh, people, when the wonderful yeah. people. There's fine folks on both sides when it comes to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and Zip and I went down there for the last day of the station, which literally was both a signing off for that radio station and the kickoff of the pandemic. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? it was this time last year. Unbeknownst, yeah, Who's unbeknownst to, to us, the pandemic was beginning to spread in Boston. And I, I still say we, our lives may have been saved because neither Zip nor I touched the free food that was brought into the radio station. <laughs> Doesn't say much for our brethren, Bob. Now, come on. Well, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where every restaurant that ever got a plug on the air wanted yeah, to bring that, some true. chicken wings true. by and get one last mention. 
And I remember looking at all that food and thinking, oh, this is sitting around. It's probably gross. and I don't need to eat this stuff. And uh, and I was worried about COVID back then um, because I, I was wearing, uh, in the car, I was actually wearing sunglasses and a mask just sort of to mock zip, like, because he, <laughs> well, he had a cold. So I'm like, you must have that thing that's in China. Yeah. But back then we were looking at, you know, five or 6,000 cases in China and no one was really taking it all that serious. Uh, seriously so uh, but anyway back to KISW their 50th anniversary is today and so last night uh, we would have been recording this podcast but there was a zoom call amongst the staff and it's big huge zoom call and I was informed you guys know this uh, that you know it would be a snub if I wasn't there yeah and I hate I love, I'm sorry, I, I, I picked the wrong word. I love these things. These <laughs> Zoom calls. <laughs> I love yeah. being on a Brady Bunch screen with 30 or 40 people all trying to talk at once. And then those uncomfortable silences when everyone says, well, I'll wait to see what someone else has to say. Um, but this was different. It was very good. It was, uh, it was a lot of good memories and two surprise guests. Really? Ann Wilson of Heart. Oh, and Howard Lease, who was Heart's guitarist for twenty some odd years, but also plays guitar in Bad Company. Uh, a real workhorse, amazing creative writer guy, who uh, he's just a, a really sweet guy. But Ann, for Ann to just drop in and say, "Hey, thanks for all the support," and just she hung out for an hour. Wow. And and it was weird for me for a lot of reasons because I know yeah. all the band and I played with the guys that you know got kicked out of the band. But but she's um, she's an inspiration. Uh, this this gal, more than arguably the best female rock and roll singer of all time. I can't think of anybody rock and you know. There's people like Pat Benatar who are great but she was a poppy crossover Stylist, a lot of ac yeah. and so did hard i guess but yeah. but you know and covers led zeppelin in front of led zeppelin at the kennedy yeah, center on i saw that it she brings so tears to uh robert plant's face literally by singing stairway to heaven so and i was a bit of a fanboy uh although i held back until a quiet time when no one was... What's funny is we're having this conversation and everyone's telling stories about yeah. their great experiences with rock stars. And I remember when Tom Petty came in the studio and he was chain-smoking and... How'd that work out? <laughs> Not so well. <laughs> and I remember Van Halen and I remember this. And at one point I said, you know, uh, we have Anna Nancy. I mean, we have Ann Wilson right here. There's got to be some amazing heart stories. And, and Ann obliged with probably the scariest story ever in one of their concerts. You're kidding me. No, they were in Japan at a giant outdoor festival. And um, it was raining. And of oh, course, geez. in these big, you know, back in the day, in these big outdoor things, they had, you know, stage curtains and they had yeah. a tarp or whatever. 
and the show must go on because the concert promoter has already been paid and spent half the money. So (laughs) on a good day. On a good day. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) anyway, the brain's pouring and it collects on the, uh, it probably wasn't a tarp, but it collects on the The tent over their heads. Mm Mm-hmm. Everything collapses. The stage collapses. The the lighting towers collapse. And everything appears to collapse on the band. Jesus. And uh, and Anne was funny telling the story because from the audience perspective, the band was smothered. But from the band's perspective, I guess some of it fell in front of them. No one got no one got hurt. And and Nancy just acted like it was part of the show. <laughs> Roll with the punches, baby. Yeah, and it, and, and it was a really it was a very nice endearing story. And uh, and and Ann Wilson, by the way, how many great rockers, male or female, sing their asses off in, into their you know seventh decade, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, Linda Ronstadt uh, comes to mind. That's about it, but not really a rocker. Well, but Linda, uh, she yeah, could, but Linda but... also. I, I mean, at some point, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you do. Yeah, you have to retire, and yeah. you have you know, you have to say, well, I don't have quite the dexterity. For example, that's why I hide in a podcast. I don't have. <laughs> You're our Barry Sanders. <laughs> I don't have the quickness and wit. Uh, that I had, you know, a couple decades ago. But anyway, that was that was very nice, and and it, it just got me feeling uh, proud uh, of that band because from the moment I heard Magic Man, that, w- yeah. that and I told her this, that was my female rocker Stairway to Heaven. That was mm-hmm. an instant song that I knew I would love for my whole life. Killer. Yeah, that band is really in that A list of Aerosmith, and you know, there's just yeah. sort of an there's just a threshold level that you know Tom Petty's in there, Bruce mm-hmm. is in there. You know what I mean? That it's kind of yeah, just it all, total it, classic. Yeah, it also made me realize, uh, you know, that you should call out bands that don't deserve your respect. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Um, and then, you know, you have rock dogs and then you have butterflies. and uh, Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, there's a story about Justin Timberlake today. I don't know uh-huh. if you've seen it. No. Justin Timberlake has come out with a apology. Uh, his mea culpa. And he's apologizing to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson. I'm, I'm guessing you guys could guess why. Uh, I'm guessing because of the uh, psychological issues. Yeah, the fact that he was a misogynist who tortured them. You're right. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, come on, Britney Spears. Do you know what he said in an interview after he broke up with her? What did he say? It's been a long time, and I wasn't a huge follower. I did pee beside him in L.A. one time. Did you pee besides <laughs> Justin Timberlake? Yes, I was at the uh, Screen Actors Guild Awards. Wow, and, uh, did you get a glimpse he, as he hung? Well, uh, no, he brought. He actually came to stand guard as a girl peed in the bathroom because the line was too long, and she, um, the comely young lass, couldn't this is, hold this it The story's anymore. getting better. Tell me more. <laughs> 
No, just Justy. Yeah. <laughs> like I know him. Uh, the door opens, and, and uh, I forget what we exchanged, a joke of some kind. And then uh, I made a snide comment, I think. So he's, he, because he brought a girl in with him into the guy's bathroom. Oh, because she couldn't so, get in the ladies. That's chivalrous, right. by the way. That goes yeah. against what this story is. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to Justin says he's remorseful over unkind things he said about Britney Spears when they broke up. And at the same time, apologizes to uh, Janet Jackson. Uh, and his, his apology is a little convoluted, but mine would be too. So I'm not going to hold it. Yeah. Too much he says, I specifically want to apologize to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson individually. Uh, Justin, uh, I know you flunked English. <laughs> but individually individual. means not both in the same <laughs> sentence. Yes. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's, it's the intent. And he says, because I care for and respect these women and I know I failed. Which is nice. Uh, he yeah. said, I've seen the messages, tags, comments, and concerns, and I want to respond. It, it, apparently, he just got the memo about Me Too. Just came. Just... <laughs> well, now, the, the framing Britney Spears thing just yes. came out, correct? And, uh, uh, yes, I would right. imagine he's not in a great light. Well, and they're, that's right. They're, they're holding him accountable. Anyway, he said, uh, I'm sorry. for This is where it gets to be like a lawyer wrote it. Yeah. I'm deeply sorry for the times in my life where my actions contributed to the problem, where I spoke out of turn or did not speak up for what was right. I understand that I fell short in these moments and in many others and benefited from a system that condones misogyny and racism. Uh, it goes on, but, but basically... And then he goes, he does what everybody does in an apology. It's a very human thing to do. He then, mm -hmm. after apologizing, st starts to blame somebody else. He says, <laughs> yes. The industry is flawed. It sets up men, especially us white men. Yes, we're, white men are set up. We're, we're so put upon, aren't we? Yeah, for success. <laughs> they shouldn't have made us privilege. That's no. right. What it's are they white think? privilege, and then I figured it was vagina privilege goes along with white privilege. <laughs> Anyway, oh, he boy. says, as a man in a his intent is all perfectly right on. I'm just goofing yeah. on him. But he says, I have to be vocal about this. I've not been perfect in navigating all of this throughout my career. I know this apology is a first step and doesn't absolve the past. That's very nice. He must have got that uh, helpful quote somewhere. Uh, you know what he did. Was he, he doing that extemporaneously? Yeah. That's what I want to know. Or was he following the prompter? Yeah. Uh, I don't even know who you are anymore. Aren't you someone who used to be somebody? <laughs> I'm just someone that I used to yeah. love. Uh, no, he's a famous former social media influencer. That's right. There you go. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, when they broke up, <clears throat> Justin Timberlake bragged on a radio show about how he took Britney's virginity. That's right. Now it's coming back. Yeah. yeah. And then he, he wrote a song her. about her called yeah. Cry Me a River. <laughs> oh my. That's 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 a low blow. Yeah. Now Taylor kidding, Swift right? gets a pass because you know, she can write about boyfriends she doesn't like anymore, but the whole yeah. bragging about the virginity thing is probably just emotionally it's yeah, that kind of Kind of taking the low road, don't you think? Yeah, it's emotional abuse is what it is. Yeah. It's very, yeah. very, very, so it's very nice that he's, he's doing this. Of course, he's getting publicity. Hopefully it's positive publicity. And then what he said is for Janet Jackson, he never stepped up to defend her. 
after the wardrobe, have. quote, malfunction. Yeah. Boy, what a game changer. <laughs> yeah, like her career was over and his skyrocketed. Yeah. That's how misogynist we are. Yeah. As my mother often said, if you don't have something nice to say about don't someone, say it's anything. best to not say at anything all. at all. It's a great Eight. mom saying. Get that through yeah. your head. What all else did your mother say? Was, Is it? Did yeah. she have more? Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you don't, you're just that, like you'll your go father. blind. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like your father. Oh boy. My my, my mom said something uh, I still quote and think of to this day. Whenever I was mad at somebody and uh, I'd want to complain about somebody, which is pretty often, um, she would say, God's not finished with him yet. It's not your place to judge him. Oh, that is so sweet. Right, especially since she knew she was raising an alcoholic. It was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my mother's sayings had to come with footnotes because the Glaswegian, you know, the, the Glasgow accent was so thick. Mm. You know, and, she, and they were all so... Um, from the Scottish idiom that nobody could translate. And she'd say, oh, come on, my hand, I'll blow you off. And I'm thinking, what What the hell does that mean, Mom? You didn't she understand said, you know, your I, own I, mother's accent? Yeah, I oh, did. I, I mean, I, years later, I, I was able to decipher, but you had, it was very sophisticated stuff for a kid. Right, like, right. Oh, if, I, if I acted tough or angry or like a big shot, she would always take me down. And she would say, oh, you, you, you know, there's plenty of man living yet that you've killed. Right? It's like, <laughs> I'm going to kill him. Oh, Wait a minute. Plenty it, of... uh, hold on. Man living that'll get you killed? No, no, no. There's plenty of man living yet that you've killed, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm going to kill that guy. Oh, right. There's plenty of man living yet that you've okay. killed. <laughs> you know, there was just, and she had a million of those platitudes. Those are, and, just, and are those like Scottish, particularly things from like the 1400s I, and 1500s? That they, my, no, I think my mother was just like, she was extremely well read. I had to uh, build bookshelves for all of her books and she did about a book or two So she week. was giving you literary sarcasm. Reference. And oh, big time. Oh. It, was, it was all very literate. Yeah. Okay. And, which is why it went over my head. That's <laughs> wonderful because, uh, you know, those things can either be, you know, uh, stop the steal, it's a witch hunt, or can right. be genuinely thoughtful stuff. You have to really yeah. pay a, a attention. And to this greatest day, gift, I don't... Got, got to say, greatest gift my mother ever gave me, she taught me to read at a really early age. And yeah. that I will forever be mm. grateful for. Yeah. Really, critically. And, and that was stuff. the one thing that, that my mother, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, because I could ask for anything, and the answer was always, no, we've got <laughs> nay money, we've got nay money, nay money. Mom, there's a book... What's the title? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was books and art supplies were a lock. Those two things were a lock. God rest her soul. Get but, that. Uh, Amen. Any, yeah. Anything else was just not even in the realm of possibility. <clears throat> so, uh, Andrew Rivers is joining us next. Stand by the Bob and Zip Show with Ed Kelly. The Bob and Zip Show with Ed Kelly. Andrew, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? Ah, no, no complaints. We're going to have Casey join us in a little bit to uh, talk about, you know, what she's up to, working hard, and uh, she's got a family now, and uh, here we have uh, you. I mean, 
You were at one time, <laughs> and, uh, my, you know, she's yeah. working hard and has a family, and then there's you <laughs> on the other side. You. <laughs> at one time, you were my son, and we had high hopes for potentially more. Yeah, well, but it's all right. No, no, very proud of you. So uh, you're doing comedy in Oklahoma today, right? Yes. Well, unlike you one percenters that just hide out in your mansion, me yes. and the working class Americans are out here, you know, taking viral loads to the face. And uh, uh, we're the real heroes. You know, we're trying to keep small businesses open. <laughs> And yeah, you, uh, you know, yeah. have you trademarked yeah. that yet? Because we can viral loads, yeah, yeah. viral loads <laughs> to the face. Well, I think Jenna Jameson has heard. the copyright, but um, <laughs> oh, okay. I but, never uh, thought yeah. of COVID as a dirty thing before. <laughs> I mean, that is really you. You give me a whole new perspective on this thing. When it hits you in the face, it hits you in the face. Oh, All right. yeah. So, uh, yeah, but you're out there doing it. I mean, you have to. Um, you have to work. You're young, and you, you know, it's not a personal threat to you. So, uh, and is Oklahoma more permissive than other parts of the country? Big word for me. Um, like allowed, I guess, is the synonym I'm thinking of. Like, they're way more open. Is that what you're getting at? Like, as in, in, in terms of spraying that viral load at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they don't care. They, they um, yes, my friend had a show canceled because of ICE. But uh, COVID, they, Seattle just advanced to phase two, and Oklahoma has been on phase who gives a shit the whole time. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little funny. different out here. Yeah, yeah, It is interesting because Seattle just opened up, and so I went to my first you know, open mic in Seattle and, and was doing jokes out there. And, and there are differences. Um, you know, I did a joke about QAnon, and in Seattle, that got a huge uh, applause break. And then when I did it last night in Oklahoma, they just kind of stared at me. And, uh, you know, well, so either they just, believe in it or... There's little red dots all over your chest, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you see or they laser just don't sights see the absurdity. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Jewish space laser was aimed at me. And uh, <laughs> Now, do you... <laughs> oh. Do you think that... Uh, maybe some of the audience doesn't know what QAnon is because honestly, I, d I didn't know much about it. I don't, you know, I, I don't follow those. When I see a show, a, a story about a yeah. conspiracy theory, I just go, well, it's a conspiracy theory, so I don't even bother uh, to read it. Which means if a, one of those conspiracy theories turns out to be deadly accurate, I'll probably like remember a year ago, Joe, when there was a conspiracy theory that a virus might turn into a pandemic. Yeah, I mean, it just started, uh, it was like New Year's Day of 2000, the first I heard about this, and yeah. uh, it didn't see, we didn't realize we'd be still dealing with this at the level we're dealing with it now, yeah. for sure. So, Andrew, do they, uh, I, I mean, do you think they were looking at you like, what, you're not part of the Pizzagate party? <laughs> right. Well, it could be that. I mean, it, to be fair, it's only been one show, so, but there is a language barrier, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you I could help explain. you a little, Andrew. Yeah, but yeah, Joe can help yeah, with yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. repeat after me, y'all. Well, y'all. Yeah, there you go. You're getting there. Yeah, yeah. trying to fit well, in. How y'all doing? Using right? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's just uh, we'll see over the course of uh, of the weekend how the how the how the jokes go. But um. But you know, I I try to pride myself on being able to work everywhere and anywhere. So right. Right. No matter how old or out of touch. 
Well, until I'm able to attract specifically my audience. Um, right. You know, la so last night was my headlining show, and they had 20 paid tickets and 70 free tickets, which means 20 people were excited about the show, and 70 <laughs> people were like, this seems like a good idea. Sure. Well, but, oh, and know. that's how comedy clubs work, right? They paper the house a lot of the time. When the and Rivers is headlining, yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> you. Where'd you get that? To be fair, from? I mean, there's a you know, there's a pandemic, and and I my fans are just very smart and responsible, and that's right. why they're that's not why they're not there. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, <laughs> but you were, I mean, before the pandemic, you were basically oh, yeah. booking halls and selling them out all across the country as long as it wasn't a big, huge city. Eagles um, cover band, baby. Yeah, well, you were... But, <laughs> but people saw you. you know, how many views do you have on Facebook now? Like 25 million or something like that? Oh, who's counting? 17.5. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and, my, new, that, my new one on YouTube just hit 100,000, so that's pretty good. Wow. Right, and that's oh, recent material. And YouTube yep. is not as friendly as Facebook because Facebook, uh, the venue you recorded your bid at, paid for advertising and everything yeah and they had a up. they had a following already and there's a there's sort of a the other reason i don't like to talk about the views much is that there's um rumors that facebook faked or exaggerated the view counts in no. order to lure customers away from youtube like funny oh. or die is a company that went bankrupt because they weren't getting after facebook got in trouble their views dropped in half basically and they weren't earning the same revenue they thought they were and uh, you know it's a whole scandal you mean mark zuckerberg might be i in know it for that the guy money? seems like uh, just a gem of a human you know so i can't imagine him being dishonest but until it was proven in a court of law i, I absolutely say, i say stop the steal from andrew it didn't happen <laughs> Yeah. Stop stealing my views. Yeah. That's right. So Stop the count of the views. Um, uh, qu quickly, uh, your ex-girlfriend got voted off of Bachelor, The Bachelor, right? She got voted yeah. off of that. Yeah. And, yeah, and she got voted off. What was, what was, what, why did they vote her off? I don't know. I think I, I'm interested. I haven't talked to her much recently because I'm sure her life is crazy, but I wonder how much is editing and how because it from the edit it looks like they were just in the friend zone and uh not having much of a connection but um but when the other girls started yelling at her and saying you're barely here she was like you don't know what we talk about and we are in love and you know i don't know how much they have to play that up for the camera so but i i don't know what she's allowed to tell me either so got it um so you'll, she's you'll find out eventually to be, yeah yeah well she well maybe not i don't know if uh, she's rumored to be the next bachelorette so wow. that's a promotion right yeah because then well, now you she's get gonna to have, kick people out yeah yeah she gets 40 guys chasing after her so mm. wild it's going to be exciting i can't wait for the renton hometown date you know yeah. like uh here's our <laughs> walmart and uh this is the taco time. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, by the way, Andrew, a special appearance on the podcast. Your mother is here. I, uh, oh. Come, come on in and say hi, Lisa. Hey. Oops. Hi. Got to talk into the mic and get in front of the camera. There. Oh, there's so many pieces of metal to it. Yeah. Go ahead. Get close to the mic. You gotta, don't Someone be afraid on of Facebook it. was asking for uh, how come she never makes an appearance. So Here she is. Yeah. Now, is there anything you need? Do you need need her to mail you some, some uh, herb or something? Is there anything we should be doing? <laughs> I, I'm usually the one sending her the drugs, no. but uh, I'm fine. I'm, I I'm all set. I did, I did watch the show uh, Monday. So Yeah, what did you think? I'm up to date. 
Well, she's uh, very pretty, and mm -hmm. uh, it'll be uh, interesting to uh, see her on The Bachelorette. Do you think I, I should apply for The Bachelorette? <laughs> you should apply, absolutely. That's a great yes. idea. You, Do you think they would let me on as like a comedian, you know, because sure. I'm not there for the right reasons? No, but you, look, you've gotten buff this past year. You're hiking. Yeah. And Rizzo. you've got a pretty cool haircut going. I mean, a year ago, I would have said, there's no way you make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, seriously, you've buffed up. I mean, you don't look like that. You don't have quite the square jaw. I apologize for that. But, hey. uh, but I, I, I think you have a shot. Absolutely. You, yeah, on, I, you on The Bachelorette? Wow. And then you... And then whatever happens, you know, I mean, that would actually be a shot at finding love, you know. Someone else. And, and because he, she would reject you again, no doubt. Oh, right? you think so? <laughs> wow, jeez. I don't there know. There certainly could be a lot of comedic rooms going on. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I, All right. Hey, so, Andrew, what, Andrew, I got it. Hold on a sec. Yeah. I got a brilliant idea. Andrew, you yeah. take this to the networks, Andrew, because you're dialed in. You have the bachelorette, but instead of sending 40 bachelors, you send their parents <laughs> to just say great things about you. Yeah, he's yeah. been hiking and he's got a cool yeah. haircut now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's uh, he's doing well. Um, uh, yeah, well, they, they are actually casting seniors. They're work. I think they're working on like a senior uh, seniors edition of The Bachelor. So maybe, mm. uh, oh, you wow. know. Maybe uh, you guys can... Uh, the early look. bird bachelor? <laughs> <laughs> the blue it's well, I mean, yeah. It's on it. Hey, honey, you want to go? Yeah, I, uh, we're good. I can send you. I, uh, we're good. Uh, it's tough. Enough. Well, I mean, now, because this is the thing, she has to contractually be single for the entire duration of the show, you know? She can't be seen right. gallivanting with, with a guy. Um, at least that's her excuse for not uh, hanging out with me right now, but... Oh. Um, but yeah, it's tough to watch a girl you like on TV dating other guys. And, mm. um, I mean, first Debbie does Dallas and then this, <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> who knows? All right. <laughs> on that note, uh, thank oh, you. Your mom, your mom loved that joke. Okay. I'm yeah. Out of here. yeah. Oh, come on. on that note, Andrew's your, Andrew Rivers, ladies and gentlemen, we got Casey coming uh, up. It's, it's uh, very exciting to, to hear you and, uh, be safe in Oklahoma. Wear your mask, double mask, triple mask. Well, I was planning on uh, duct tape a grocery bag around her face. <laughs> That's it. That's a good one. Excellent. All right. Be well. See you later. Okay. A little trip down memory lane.
That's Casey singing with Spike and the Impalers. Wow. And I believe connected to us through the remote magic of uh, COVID broadcasting system, the CBS. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, you there? Doodle doodle. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, you are. All right. Let me give you. Let me give you a proper introduction. By the way, we're having a problem with Joe's mic. Uh, Joe's of course, we are <laughs> back at school because they don't care about teachers getting COVID anymore. And Joe, you're sending a ton of feedback. You're not. You don't have mix minus. You just have. And like, if I connect you, Joe, to you, Joe, that's what's gonna happen. Okay. That's what's gonna happen. Right. That's what's gonna happen. That's what's gonna happen. Dayo, 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 dayo. Daylight come, daylight come, and Joe, and Joe, wanna go home. Wanna go home. All right. Can you, well, God, can you, I, I can. I mean, I can. I can just check out, or we can troubleshoot. No, 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 no. Fix it. All right. Well, tell me what's what you're hearing and what's going on, and I'll do my best. Well, well. <laughs> your, Bob, your, stop. Bob, stop. Bob, Bob, stop. Okay. I mean, okay. I don't know. What do you want me to do? So I, you're mixed like, no time, mix time, is, no is, time is, is passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What you're doing is you're feeding us back to ourselves. So you got to take either program or audition out in the board so that we're. That's better. Yeah. Except he's gone too. It makes me wonder though. Was did Casey sound so good because we had all been slipped acid? Is that what's going on? Wow, outstanding right. vocal. So oh, Joe, man. now I don't hear you at all. But what you got to do <laughs> is you got to be able to hear me without feeding us back our sound, which we haven't done from your radio station in a while. So it's no big deal. But I want you there, dude. I could pause the recording if you want. Now I feel like can I, I pissed them off. <laughs> can I vote for that? No, no, I'm, I'm working on it here. So oh, you can hear okay. me now, right? Yeah, it's fine. You fixed it. Okay, perfect. I can yeah. hear you. Oh, God, you should teach, oh, man. You're good. <laughs> no, that was good. Well, he, we haven't done this uh, in, in a while. Okay, let me let me try, and, and I'd like a little help from Spike and Joe, too. Um, I'll take you back to, I'm not sure the year, but we were at KZOK, and more Gallucci had just quit. And um, The year and, was 2003. The year was 2003. <laughs> like a babe from the wilderness, she wandered across the porcelain-lined halls. Yes. And so we, we found ourselves, you A breath know, of fresh and sensual air sweeping into the stale and stagnant Bob River show. Oh, did By you not really want help? I'm sorry. No, I feel like there's a devil on one shoulder and Joe should speak up on the other shoulder. Well, I just remember this amazing, and I was uh, there usually the first to come into the station because I did a lot of the show prep and stuff, and I remember hearing Casey when I was driving into work. I mean, she was like the overnight person for a while at KISS 106, and, and she would be, I mean, this was a long, long time ago, and then, of course, she did shifts other than the overnight, but I remember us crossing paths as I was coming, and she was going, and I don't even know if she, I know she wasn't old enough to drink, probably barely old enough to drive back in those days. When, when you, you first heard her on the radio, Casey? really? Casey, were you yeah. on that young? We're not going to get to you yet, but quickly, John. Jump in, and then we'll cut you off. <laughs> oh, Bob, it's just like old times. Yes. <laughs> speak. No, don't speak. Um, I was 19 when I started at Kiss, so okay. Joe That's when correct. Joe would have first heard. Joe nailed it. Let's yeah. take that out of context for the trial. Hey, hey don't start rumors. So anyway, and, and I didn't know you at all. I, I, Eric said, well, there's this gal across the hall that I think would be perfect. And he said, and she can sing, too. And I said, yeah. You know, don't tell me someone can sing because I only use really good singers. And oh boy, 
And by the way, the same thing I told Spike when he said exactly he the same word. Too. You exactly, have like a your wallet. But but anyway, so Eric brought in this this uh, tape, and you know, as I recall, you know, it, it, it was um, it was good. It was. It um, was it was a drunken karaoke version. No, of that's a different Boulay tape. Vuk- no, no, that's a different that story. Thing. Oh, oh let's okay, get to that's that later thing. on when she joined the Impalers. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let me finish with the introduction because we could be finished with introduction and then Casey will go. Well, I gotta go <laughs> <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. So uh, basically, uh, she joined the show. There's quite a an age difference between us, and I couldn't decide whether we were bigger brothers or, you know, parental, and it was, it was a little confusing at first, but wow, what ended up happening <laughs> is that she, and I'm not going to use the word blossom, because that brings back a weird memory of that lawyers, that weird girl <laughs> on TV who blossomed. Um, oh, no, I mean, yeah. she, she, she became... She went from, I, I got to ask her what it was like, but she went from joining the show to stealing the show in so <laughs> many ways. And then just as soon as she got really good, she quit. So that's my introduction. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. And here uh, she is. Casey, uh, can I say your last name? We never used to say your last name. Is it okay? Yeah, you can say it. Casey Aitchison. And we even met your parents. And, we, and, and, uh, and Casey... You know, one of those names with just like one word, you know, two syllable name, like Sting. No, that's one syllable. Hi, this is Madonna. Casey. That's three syllables. <laughs> yeah, but you know Bono what? Bono I mean. here, Bob. Bono, thank you very much. I bet you. Have uh, so, Casey, first off, how are you? I'm good. Fine, uh, thank you. And yourself? Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, for some reason, you know, uh, I missed the memo about. Um, if something's not working, don't keep doing it. <laughs> if at first you fail, 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 fail again. Um, no, I'm fine. I'm I'm uh, making maple syrup in Vermont, as you know, and everybody knows. But um, I'm nostalgic. Uh, but I'm also super, super grateful and proud, especially of people like yourself, uh, because you know, at, at several times, uh, you made the show larger than life and then you yourself became larger than life as a tv news uh, first you were i believe like a features reporter and then you became an mm-hmm. anchor Ugh. at at <laughs> u13 fox and you know just a, an incredible career and through it all there were so many things i knew you wanted to do you were into improv but you also used to talk about and used to talk about this you wanted to have a baby. I believe you played baby crying noises throughout we, my tenure there. <laughs> we used to, yeah. Didn't we play like 60 minutes alarm clock uh, noises too? Uh, yep, and, yeah, yep. That's it was it. a real hoot. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, you can back like out it. of this now if you want yeah. to. Oh, no, I love it. I love okay. it. So I, I, I don't know where to start. Let's start with you. What was it like for you? to come across the hall from a pop station to a classic rock station at the tender age of 12 or 21 or 24, whatever you were, right? Was it, what was that 24. like? Oh, I, I always, I always, I never felt like I fit in with people my age in the sense of like the sensibility. And I was always thinking 20 years ahead. So in Mm. a lot of ways, I felt more comfortable working with you guys than I did with 
my younger peers, mm-hmm. as it were. Um, and I did see you as my older brothers or sometimes my super weird uncles. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that the bell? Did that I get the, the bell? Ba- ah, the bell, doll. Yeah, the, the bell, bell is ah. still there. Okay, go ahead. I actually, I don't know if you know this, I remember the moment that I felt like I fit in with you guys, and it was when I was filling in for Mora, she was out sick, and you guys were talking about something, and you were making fun of Joe for <laughs> for not being very healthy, and somebody said, Joe, that shouldn't have warmed your heart, and I jumped in and said, it should have stopped it. <laughs> and I I got the bell, and I remember thinking, ooh, piece of candy. And I it's just- It's a dopamine I, lollipop, yeah. It totally was, and it just made me feel like, oh, I, I love being able to interact with people using this kind of humor. Like, that was just, that was just my jam, and I just really, and I felt like I had a lot to learn from you guys, and- well, I was it, wrong. No, I'm kidding. It, it went both ways because <laughs> no, you were you, go. you and John were taking you were in an improv troupe together, right? We met doing improv. We were just acquaintances. Spike made fun of my other two boyfriends and drove them away right before John came along. Oh, that's what uncles do, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bell again. <laughs> do you think that maybe you wouldn't have married John if it, if not for us? That would that would make us feel really good. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. Wow. If it weren't for you. You know what? I wouldn't have my, my two kids if it weren't for Bob, Spike, and Joe. Let's clear that up, shall we, for the attorney? <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, keep that tape forever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, uh, and and by the way, it was, it was for us to have, uh, I did feel like an uncle, um, for us to have a niece who, you know, is dating and is really beginning the world of exploring, you know, the rest of her life was interesting, but it was also, it felt like a, an awesome responsibility and an awesome, not, maybe not in the greatest use of the word awesome, because you would be dating someone and we would come on the air in judgment of that person. Uh-huh. And you never know. I mean, you don't know. I mean, you dated some Polynesian guy who was cheating on you, as I believe. Uh, the, uh, no, the cheater. The cheater was the guy who worked in sales at our radio station cluster. <laughs> uh, Shocker. Let's just call him Smith. John Smith. <laughs> that was his name, Bob. Is that really his name? <laughs> no. I love being gullible. Anyway. Where's the bell? Where's the bell? Yeah, so yeah. you would do that, but you would bring it to the air like... And you would say, like, you saw him kissing someone and you were trying to decide whether you should break up with him because there was, you know, you had a, invested a whole two weeks. I can't remember the exact uh, numbers, but but you did. You gave us the respect of older brothers. And funny uncle. And thank you. It was a, uh, I should have put a question in there. So, all right. So I I got my hair cut by uh, the same person who cut John's mom's hair. Oh boy! And uh, and she her name is Vicky Wallentine. She's a great uh, hairdresser. And I would um, I would go to get my hair cut, and she would say, "You know uh, that gal you have on doing news, Casey? Uh, she's in a uh, you know she's in uh, improv with this guy John, and they're perfect for each other." And she would say, "They they they really are perfect for each other. They should get married." And I'm like, you, you know these people? Well, I cut his mom's hair. 
And so I think I actually went and told you that. Do you remember that? It That sounds vaguely familiar. Okay. Well, you would used to tune me out at will. And, <laughs> and just <laughs> blame me. <laughs> But Thank I, God for that. Yeah, but but I and, and then the, then you started going out with John and well, then you quit. Ah, Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, but I, I, but you were making such the right decision. I mean, you know, you were. Well, here's the thing. Let me let me say this about quitting. All right, I. I would say 60% of it was the schedule because I I didn't know what was up and what was down anymore. And I was 27, I think, at the Mm -hmm. time. I hadn't seen most of my friends in years. Um, That's what happens when you hang out with old farts, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And I wasn't sure I liked radio enough to continue making that sacrifice with my personal life. I'd been in radio at that point for almost 10 years since I was 19. And... I kept thinking, like, well, what's next? Like, what's next in the next five to ten years? Am I just going to – like, I didn't really want my own show. I, I sure. didn't want to be in management. Uh, right. I wasn't sure the bell was enough to keep me around. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you quit. And at the time, you said it was because you have this new boyfriend, John, and you really wanted to – you know, you were tired of going to bed when he got home from work, basically, if I remember. Yeah, vaguely. yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, that's cool. And you were like, and I hate getting up in the morning. And I'm like, so do I. And so anyway, <laughs> you got out of your contract. You you left. You kept singing with Spike and the Impalers, which we really appreciated. Mm-hmm. And I was so, I was happy that you never had to get up early in the morning. And then what happened? Oh, I'm sorry. You cut out. No, I asked you what I'm happened. joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Yes. Oh boy. And if I if I'm honest, you were the first person I thought of when I got moved to early mornings. I thought that jerk is going to come back and say, "See, I knew you wanted to do mornings." And I yeah. I went into mornings again, kicking and screaming. When I right. first started at Q13, I was on the morning show, but I wasn't on the air until the nine o'clock hour. So totally fine. But then this new boss came into town, and he looked at my tape, and he said, "Have you ever thought about anchoring?" And I laughed because I thought he was making a joke because at that time I was only doing like funny stuff on TV. And he's like, no, I'm serious. We're going to launch a 4.30 a.m. show. Right. And, and, and you like, were doing Ugh. before you before you anchored to tell the people what you were doing. Uh, many of them saw it, but you were like you were the fun features. You were like if there was a Punxsutawney Phil in Seattle, they would send you to be the one that covers it. Right. I washed cows. I interviewed camels. I went for drives with weird people and got it all on camera. And I remember looking at John one day, and I had only been at the job six months, and I said, if this is as far as I get in my TV career, I will be happy. Wow. And I wish I wish I would have remembered that when I agreed <laughs> to get promoted. And, and so this is an interesting, and we've talked a little bit about this years ago, um, because you're uh, you're about the fun, and probably not so much about the politics and the ble- if it bleeds, it leads and all that stuff, right? You know, I loved the politics. I didn't like the raping and murdering part. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> well, you can't separate that from politics. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> They've kind of merged as time has gone on. Yeah. Mm. 
Those were the Clinton years, weren't they? It's just yeah. a sort of point on it. <laughs> Not yeah. that old. No, they weren't that old. I'm sorry, Case. <laughs> but knowing you uh, as well as I don't anymore, I, I know that you uh, loved the job and the people and such a good teammate. So you gr- you had to grin and bear it and be a news anchor. Tell us what it's like to anchor, none of us will ever know, to anchor a major market news program every day. I want to know, like, what time you got up, what time you went in. How, what you Bill know, Wixie how, smells like. You know. What Bill Wixie smells <laughs> like. Pretty good from what I recall, but I didn't get as close. <laughs> Well, you know, I was getting up at, let's see, 2 a.m. at that point, and, you know, we did our own hair and makeup, as I'm sure you could tell. Oh, I know I didn't. And, I thought you had a team. Oh, oh dear God, no. And um, what I loved about it was I loved the feeling of power. Like, there was a feeling of, I am going to be the first person that people see this morning, and I have the responsibility to tell them what they should care about today. And I wow. loved that. I love that because of the ego boost, if I'm being honest. But I also sure. just really love – I don't even know how to explain it quickly, so I'll just say it fast. I love the idea that we all are completely different, but we share such similar emotions. And I loved trying to figure all of that out through anchoring. All right. I have a different bell for Kumbaya. Hang on. That's the <laughs> sa- it's the same bell. Ooh. Yeah. Looks that's like very a, nice. yeah. a D minor, I believe. <laughs> so – so you dug, you dug it even though it was news anchor and it was you know it, there was a lot of unpleasant stories but you dug it and when you um did, were you nervous at all yes on tv i yes yes very nervous i still okay. remember what it felt like when they were counting us down from 10 and we were about to go live and that feeling of can't they stop counting <laughs> uh, no i guess they can't i guess this is going and i still remember the first day that i was anchoring breaking news coverage and that's when you throw all the scripts out and you just basically state what you learn as you learn it you have a producer in your ear it's incredibly stressful but it also was where I felt like I did my best I actually do best when I don't have a script and we got to the end of the show and I allowed myself a moment to give myself a pat on the back which I never do and I thought you know I I nailed it I did okay Mm. and it was my turn to talk Bill had finished And I said, and that's all that we have for the breaking news coverage today. We'll be right back. And I realized it was the end of the show. So rather than just acknowledge my mistake and shut up, I said, we'll be right back. (gasps) No, we won't. (laughs) (laughs) And then it went to black. Yeah. (laughs) Now, that's certainly not the most embarrassing moment you've ever had on TV. Oh, dear God. Well, I know which one you're going for, but I will tell you, there's also a time I called myself by the wrong name, but continue. Okay. <laughs> wow. So there'll well, be a vote later then. Okay. Uh, Casey, as as happens to news people all over the country, became a viral video clip. And it was so, it was so innocent, because if you know her, you know exactly that there was nothing behind it. Um, but you were on. You were doing pantomimes with. Was it with Bill Wixie? It was with Travis Mayfield, and Bill Wixie okay. was on set with us. Yeah. He was on set, and and so you had to draw something to get. Like you're playing Pictionary, right? Pictionary. Yes. That's it. And you had yes. to draw something and have him guess what it was. And you were trying to draw a cannon, right? 
It was a cannon. It was a cannon. <laughs> Let's go to the tape, Bob. <laughs> and well, the tape is hilarious, and, and we'll include a link uh, because it's uh, you'll oh, live. Enjoy. Really? Will you really? Oh, it's on. It's all over the internet. Are you kidding? Um, and for having bad things on the internet, that one's not so bad. Really, it's cute. But you go to draw the cannon, and so you draw the cannon, and then you draw the two wheels at the base of the cannon. Tell me what happened what? next. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you remember this, but I actually do have kind of a frat guy mind sometimes when it comes yes, to do. jokes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, as we started to draw the cannon, the first time, the first couple things I drew, I thought, oh, that could look a little phallic. And then I thought, oh, shut up. That's just you thinking that. Nobody else is going to think that. You know, keep it PG. It clearly looks so you, like a So you can. weren't doing it intentionally, but the no. thought had occurred to you. You just figured you're the only one that thinks that way. Right. Because I had just started a couple of lines drawing it. And I thought, this could get dicey, but no, of course not. This is clearly a canon. It was the moment that I went to draw the two wheels. <laughs> At the bottom of the canon. Yeah. At the bottom of the canon. And I paused and I thought, oh, oh no, oh no. And I heard Travis next to me go, oh God. And I thought, okay, so it's not just me that's seeing this. <laughs> and for you history buffs, fur-covered wheels initiated for the Napoleonic War, I believe. Yeah. It, was, it was such a cute moment because you all laughed. Laugh, and uh, and you do that whole you you, you had this uh, we used to say you were Mary Tyler Moore because yeah um you bought this genuine and by the way you were a huge star there I mean I don't know how they ever let you go I don't know why you're not still there oh God that's very nice I I think they would disagree but yes thank you I, no seriously come on they we'll get into that I I mean. <laughs> Here's the thing. You had you brought funny and relatable, and at the same time, you weren't full of yourself. I mean, I don't want to quote directly from a Don Henley song. Maybe Spike could do it for me. <laughs> you know, the ones that come on at five? Oh, the bubble-headed bleach blonde? I was yeah. going to start at the top of the song for you. But it just occurred my, to me that get my... <laughs> it just occurred to me that might be too close to home, just like the canon. No, 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 no. Let me let me pop in a second. Yeah. What 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 made that moment viral, and what is kind of what makes Casey Casey from the first moment you walked in the studio till today's interview, you genuinely when you realized um, what that was that you had just drawn, and the look on your face was so genuine was so it was so mary tyler moore it yeah. really was yeah. um that moment that it, it wasn't what you drew on the what made you viral there wasn't what you drew on the whiteboard because let's face it there are 10 zillion dick drawings on whiteboards yeah it was the face <laughs> that itself was, does it was, not amount to much right, no. that, that's not that's not viral worthy <laughs> but you you your face mm. your genuine shock embarrassment um that you saw the humor and, and, and it all immediately registered on you. Yeah. How and many millions so of people saw it, do you think? I don't know. I do know it went viral pretty quickly and I know it that they played it on Colbert and a couple other of those shows. I think I saw it on Fallon, right? 
Fallon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw it. That's where yeah, I saw everybody. It. I mean, it was like, can you believe <laughs> <laughs> this, <laughs> this woman innocently started drawing <laughs> a cannon? It was just beautiful. It was very nice. Now uh, we talked about your Mary Tyler uh, Mooreisms. You really were like, you're going to make it after all. You can do anything. And sitting back at the radio station, we were just like proud. We were like, you know that news anchor. <clears throat> Yeah, we found her husband, and we taught her everything she knows. <laughs> <laughs> so humble. Yeah, uh, but no, it was a, it, it was, and still remains a matter of pride. But then, uh, you publicly shared some very di- difficult stuff on the air. Yeah, and um, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and I, I, it's actually interesting that we're talking about this after the cannon incident, as I like to call it, because um, the cannon drawing went viral when I was in the middle of a really deep depression, and it kind of lifted me out of it a little bit because it made me feel good to make other people laugh. Wow. Um, but it was, uh, the drawing happened right after the one-year anniversary of John and I losing a baby when I was six months pregnant. Oh. And... We had been, it had been six years, I think, five or six years at that point that we had been trying to have a baby and there were lots of issues on both sides and we had to do IVF. And so we finally got pregnant out of after several failed rounds of IVF and this was the baby that we lost. And oh. it was just like, I mean, it was, you know, and I, I think, and I know we talked about this on the show too. You know, for me, I was never religious, but I was always pretty spiritual and pretty much like good things happen to good people and there's karma in the world and the universe, you know, Eric Corman always says the universe always provides. And right. then this happened and I was like, the universe is providing me nada. Nah. And um, it, just nothing made sense. Like I kept rationalizing things along the way. So when I finally got pregnant, I thought, well, we went through all of those you know, disappointments because this baby was meant to be our baby. And then um, we just had a series of such random circumstances happen that the doctors couldn't even find other examples of it having happened before. That's how rare it was. In other words, you um, thought you were, you, that you had passed that window of worrying about it. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. And I, and I kept telling myself, Oh, it's my anxiety. Like I, you know, I kept having a hard time believing I was pregnant and I thought you are being such an idiot. Like just enjoy it. Just, you know, accept that this is happening and then the minute I accepted it, it our whole world oh. was just it was just awful. And so a year later, around the anniversary of losing the baby, I was just in a deep depression and wasn't sure how to process it and then to have this and the universe said, cannon thing. How about if you try and draw a cannon? Go for it. Yeah. Here's a dick. <laughs> wow. But that but that it does speak to karma and the universe providing because we all go through tough shit. Not mm. as bad as that for me, anything, but but we go through tough shit and then um, something good is always around the corner. So you smiled again and you did another in vitro? Mm-hmm. We, and that, we and that's tr- where Scarlet uh, enters. We had picture. a miscarriage, actually. So we tried again, and we had yes. a miscarriage at 12 weeks. Oh. And I somehow convinced John that we should try one more time. And uh, the morning that we were supposed to do the IVF, they called us to say the embryo that they had thawed had uh, been destroyed. It, it failed to thaw. And we had one left. And so we drove... 
We drove to the clinic so they could transfer this last embryo that we had had tested. And, you know, they do this thing where they they show it through the microscope up on a screen and they're like, look at all the cells. Isn't it beautiful? And John and I were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put it in. Who gives a shit? Like, we like, like let's see if it works. OK. Wow. All right. Well, this isn't good. It's not going to work. So just go ahead and do what you got to do, and we'll we'll be on our merry way. And that was Scarlett, and she yeah. was born in oh. November of 2017. Wow, Scarlett gets a bell. It's not your bell. It's Scarlett's oh, bell. oh, she will love that. <laughs> yeah. So now, were you sharing this on TV at that point, or did you decide to do that later? I waited until uh, I sh- I started sharing it on TV when I was. Uh, six months pregnant with Scarlett when I was starting to show. Mm. Um, and so I decided to be upfront about it from the beginning. And I decided to do a series on the different ways there are to start families. And so that was very cathartic for me. And that was kind of my way of giving back to people who were going through loss or had gone through loss the way we had, or, you know, educating people who knew of others who had gone through it. Hey, Case, can I ask you, hold on. Did your your management um, ask you to do that? Or did they? No, no. And in fact, I'm I'm good. I, yeah, I will say I was very lucky. My manager was fantastic and she knew about everything as it was happening and always gave me the space to take time off or to, you know, anything I needed. And then they were very supportive of me doing it. But I was the one that brought it to them and said, I got to do this. So other than uh, leaving bottles of peroxide laying around, hoping you dye your hair, they were pretty (laughs) nice to you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'd yeah. say, other than the scales that they set up for me to step on before I got on the anchor desk, no. Oh, my yeah. God, it's like a truck weighing No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Lou, I hope she doesn't draw another penis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so, uh, and by the way, my mom, I never knew this until she passed away, but she had six miscarriages. Oh, and, my gosh. And But it, here's here's what's a tribute to you. In her day and age, you... I don't know if she was ashamed of it. I'm sure it hurt her, but you didn't talk about it. Right. And right. so I think the contribution you made to understanding and acceptance, you know, is huge. I, I, I just don't think there was that kind of thing back in my mother's day. And of course, she had eight children. So I, I am the oldest of eight. I could be the oldest of 14. And we could have our own TV series, and I could be John Boy, and I could say goodbye <laughs> to everybody. Jim Bag. Yeah. But still, so as I watched Casey's story unfold, because I had recently just learned that, I, uh, yeah, I was really impressed that you would go on TV and speak to all those women. Oh, thank you. You know, I, I had the I had the occasional comment from somebody who would say, well, see, God doesn't mean for some people to have kids. And it was all I could do not to reach through the computer screen and strangle them. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> all right. So and now your parents managed to. How the hell that happened? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and yeah. yet here I am. So now um, I think you should still be on and be an anchor. Uh, I mean, well, if, they, if they let Jean Anderson go until she was 150, they should have let you go. <laughs> Damn. Oh, I hated it though. By then, I hated it. I love her, it. by the way. Yeah. Oh, you didn't oh, like. So, great. were you ready to go? Oh t- God! Without getting into trouble, because we could talk about hiring and firing amongst ourselves. But you know, <laughs> I, what can you tell us about the transition away from anchoring? It was just. I, it's the same thing that you that you keyed in on, which is that there were certain aspects of it that I liked, but but 
to be an anchor, you really do have to tell a lot of the really negative stories. And I just started to run out of the bandwidth. I didn't enjoy it as much. I loved the hosting part. I loved doing interviews. Um, I loved going off and shooting stories and writing them up and and all of that. But I just got really, I was exhausted. The hours were awful and I wasn't getting any joy out of it. And there are people, quite frankly, who are much better at that job than I am. And so for me, I'm very competitive. And when I, it's not worth it to put in all of my effort to try to be the best at something, then it's like, well, what am I doing? So I left after I had Scarlet. I stayed on for a couple of months, but then I just realized I don't want to go back. I want to freelance. And so I started freelancing and then still ended up back on King 5. So I went and did King 5 after that because they were launching a lifestyle show that was very similar to what I wanted to do. And that brought me a lot of joy, but that didn't do, you know, it's hard to get ratings for a show that is focused on, yeah. the, on the good stuff. Everybody's bent over looking at their phone. <laughs> well, there's that too. That's yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, that's that's all wonderful. And now you are uh, you are still doing occasional on camera things. Tell us about the company you're working with now, for everyone who wants to know what you're up to. Yeah, I'm working with Valve, which is a gaming com- gaming and a software company that is based in Bellevue, Washington, and they make uh, games like Half Life and Dota and Counter Strike and um, all these really great games and a, a platform called Steam. And I started working for them by freelancing as an on-camera host for one of their yearly events and uh, begged them every time I did so to hire me full-time because I just liked what their company was about. They're a flat structure company. Um, nobody's the manager of anybody else. And so the, the lack of structure is really tough for a type A personality like me. But um, this idea that you can do anything and that you can try something and fail at it and try again to perfect it is just a really great uh, vibe. And so they brought me on full-time a little over a year ago, and I've been doing communications and marketing with them. And so um, let's talk a little bit of current events now, because you're a mom of two. Quinn was Mm -hmm. born how long ago? Five months. She's almost five months. She's five and a half months, actually. And Quinn came, as they say in the song, in the regular way? Uh, I... I am still trying to get over my shock over how the hell she got here. <laughs> That's a Terry Chapin song, right? That's usual, the usual way, way or whatever usual, that line is. Regular way. <laughs> the usual way. Regular way. Regular way denotes missionary style only. Right. <laughs> usual way gives you the option of trying other other methods. <laughs> when when I make a, a uh, pop culture quote for, of a song yeah. from fifty years ago, it almost always falls flat. So I'm fine with that. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, so you suddenly got pregnant, and you were probably not trying or expecting. You were probably just thinking that you could have at it if I may be so blunt and not worry about it. Right? You, you may not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I apologize. Uh, we, uh, we were actually, it, like, t- we were in couples therapy to try to talk through whether we wanted to have two kids because, oh. because I was, a, I wanted to, John was, a, John really wanted to as well, but we were at an impasse over whether we could go down the path of doing IVF again. Oh, okay. And so we wanted to be proactive and, and talk through it. So we were in the middle of trying of, I was in the middle of trying to convince him that we should try to do IVF again. And, uh, I had just turned 40 and he was like, we can just see what happens. And I was like, you jerk, you know, that if we just see what happens, nothing's going to happen because mm-hmm. you know, it was hard to have a kid. And then I... I found out I was pregnant right after New Year's, and I could not believe it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. I, I got to fact check something. You're not in your 20s anymore? 
Listen. I am uh, 29, <laughs> plus or minus 11 years. Wow. Ah, that's hard to imagine. I thought we got older, but I figured you'd stay the same. Oh, I know. I wish. But 40, I mean, uh, let me tell you, from 65, 40 looks like a teenager. So I'm a yeah. real young buck, aren't I? Yeah. yeah. But, all right. Well, that's wonderful. I, I've got to turn the floor over to anybody else that has a question. Uh, Casey, oh. you're single? I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just like the well, old days. Yeah. I, I want to I just say a couple things. First of all, Casey, your, your talent way transcended just audio. There was no doubt that you were meant for the camera. And I really appreciate... You brought us into that mode as a radio show. You were making videos and doing things on video way before there was TikTok, even before there was Facebook. You were posting things, and you gave us a presence. And your talent, uh, you just take over a room. I still remember when we would go to the radio conventions, and it's a room full of people with big egos and uh, wanting to take over the room, and you always took over the room. You were the you were the biggest star of a of a room full of stars, and uh, I'm just I do feel so proud of for everything you've done ever since I've watched from afar and up close. And I wanted to talk a little more about your freelancing because basically you're like the John Madden of video games. Weren't you flying to like Japan for these like thousands of kids playing video games for big money? God, I miss you, Joe. <laughs> Joe, oh God, I miss you. Um, well, and you were the best. You. I mean, you 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 have that like Saturday, and I love it because my daughter is a lot like you, and you remind me a little of her now that she's grown up. You are so Emily. comfortable on the yes, and she uh, COVID wiped out her first professional role, or at least it's been on hold forever. Oh. She finally got uh, cast in a really top notch production, and they had to shut it down uh, right before it was going to oh. open. Oh, I'm so but. Uh, but some people uh, go beyond just being able to talk into a microphone, and you're one of them. You capture a camera, and you tell a story so well. And with your voice, with your humor, with your beauty, and with your physical presence and comedy, you can make things really funny. So you're one of the greatest entertainers I ever worked with, and it, it goes way beyond being a radio person. And, and when I started seeing you flying all over the world doing this video stuff, I'm like, dang, now that is something that looks promising and uh, i know that's something i'm i teach kids now and they probably would know you as the casey the person that hosts the huge video olympics more than uh, any tv or radio you've ever done oh thank you for saying all those nice things by the way i'm a little uncomfortable because i disagree with some of them because <laughs> <laughs> i'm so hard on myself but thank you you know what's interesting is that i actually I was just talking to some coworkers about this because I'm going to do some media training soon. I feel more comfortable around in front of large crowds than I do one-on-one -on -one with people mm. um, because of the mindset that I go into when I'm hosting events is that I feel like I want to try to give these the people in this audience something to relate to. Like I want them to know that I see them and I appreciate them and that we can connect over something. And it, that only needs to be one person in this big audience. But if you're one-on-one -on -one with somebody, you can tell the minute that you've lost them. You can tell the minute that they are like, who the hell are you and why are you talking to me? And it's very, I, I get very insecure about that. So in many ways, doing those big events, um, 
I love it more than anything. Like I just I I get a real kick out of it and I do them hoping that I can make at least one person in that room have a better day. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um can we start singing Kumbaya now? This is a wonderful. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> Spike. Um, I just want to say to Casey um, that I, I too, like the rest of the guys, I think everybody that, that knows you, um, I'm just so proud of you, of what you've, uh, what you've achieved. And, you know, I'm lucky I fell into something that just landed in my lap. You worked your ass off at every stage and you saw beyond the perimeters of what you were doing and saw the bigger picture and the bigger potential and, and went for it every freaking time. Um, and it just, it's just, I, I couldn't be prouder of you. And I would like to say one other thing. You've, there's a video of you oh, no. singing with the Impalers doing, um, I think it's um, Paradise City. Yes. Um, tell John to keep that. Because if, if I'd had a picture of my wife when she was still hot and had it to this day. Okay. Uh, just oh, quick, no. I'm just, I'm we're going to need to edit. She does not listen, right? So, I'm, just, I'm just saying, not everybody has porn of their wife, and it's just such a great thing. <laughs> no, but I, wow. it's, I mean, now, that, I know, that went off the rails, and I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> it started out as the obsequious radio network. It just turned <laughs> off. Oh, it just went ugly. I mean, that's that, that's yeah. that weird uncle part. Come back again. No, yeah, no, just... I appreciate you saying that, and, and I will give you guys credit for John in the sense that he was the first guy I dated that when I brought him to those shows, he was so proud of me. He was like, good for you for getting up there and shaking it like good for you for getting yeah. up there and and doing what you do whereas other guys would be like you should cover up and why are you doing that and why do you yeah. care if people are looking at you and like he he's always been a huge supporter of that well you were uh, you were wonderful for him it wouldn't have made such a great muslim bride probably but <laughs> <laughs> ouch Wow. And and you I know Spike in the Impalers. What, what was that, Joe? I, I know Spike and the Impalers is obviously still going. Once again, shut down by COVID, just like every other entertainment yeah. thing. But when the world gets back, I would love. You know, we're kind of in KISW celebration mode the last week or so because it's the 50th anniversary of that station. I know Casey came along and Casey okay, but I would love to have a Spike in the Impalers reunion for anybody who ever went up on that stage when it gets to be a time that we can and of course a reunion with our audience and i think uh, you know that would just be I'll, I'll would be amazing out. if we yeah if we could do it in the summer it would be amazing if not around christmas have another twisted christmas show sure. there's a, i was looking back at those videos and there's a there's a prestigious bunch of, of folks and, and some we've lost but there's lots of them out there and i would just i would have a blast with that that sounds you great Casey, you, uh, you gonna jump on stage again Heck yeah. And can I say something nice about you guys? Or are we out of time? No, nope, we're out of time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you take that bell back. No, um, I, I look back so fondly on those years and I've always continued to think of you guys as my older brothers and I miss you and I miss the banter. I miss the, the work that we did and how much fun it was. And I still, to this day, I will hear a song and my first thought isn't, wow, Guns N' Roses sounds great. My first thought is, ah, Spike nailed this. Like, I still yeah. I still mm -hmm. think of all of 
everything is in reference to those years. Like they were just, I learned so much from working with you guys and I only wish I could have been more mature and, uh, you know, about bringing some of my stuff to the table. <laughs> but well, uh, it was really all. <laughs> the immaturity doesn't fall far from the there. uncle, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. That's Casey, good. ladies and gentlemen, uh, hopefully yeah, we'll yeah. do this again sometime where we don't have to do the whole just history thing, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on current events. Uh, you know, oh, we'll, we'll leave the rape and murder out of it for you, so for your comfort. <laughs> Thank you so much. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's been a crazy year, and you're a young family uh, raising two daughters, and at some point we'd love to actually just uh, generally talk about life again if, you, if you're up once in a while. And now that you know, know how to plug in the USB mic and... <laughs> and talking to the right side of it, yes. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> And if you really ever want to put your test, your skills to the test of how well can you captivate a, a indifferent audience, come visit my students at school. Yeah. Because if, if, if you can hold their attention, then you know you're a hack of an entertainer and yeah. performer. It'll be what good practice upsell. for when your girls are in high school, too. You get a sense. Oh, God help me. Uh, all right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Casey, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, we're going to close job. out the show. Stay, stay, don't go anywhere. We're going to close out the show with a triple shot of Casey singing with Spike and the Impalers. You ready? Ready.
Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it.
Ah!